Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Thank you for tuning in to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please subscribe to our weekly Boston Bruins Hockey Talk on listening platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify Podcasts. We'd certainly appreciate it if you give us show a five-star rating along with a written review. You can also subscribe to our official YouTube channel for a video version of our weekly program. If you'd like to support our show financially, please go to our blackandgoldhockey.com website and click on our affiliated Fanatics banner before shopping online. Another way to financially support our weekly program is to become a Patreon member to be eligible for weekly Boston hockey prizes and monthly Boston Bruins hand-signed jersey giveaways. Please go to patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast and donate just $1 per episode. Many thanks for the continued support and enjoy the show. What's up, Bruins fans? Welcome back to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is episode 282. We are back. We got the crew back. We got Kevin O'Keefe right here. We got Dom Tiano down there. What's going on, guys? Let's start off with the Kevinator. Kevin, how you doing? Doing great, man. Doing great. Feeling good. I don't know about looking good, but totally feeling good. <laughs> Ready to talk some Bruins. Absolutely. And Mr. Dom, Dom, how are you doing these days? We haven't talked to you in a while. Doing great, doing great. I know I don't look the best this morning, but I'm I'm working on my first cup of coffee. So, uh, big day ahead of me today. Late night last night, uh, catching the uh, Hamilton Bulldogs and the Windsor Spitfires, and 
great game that went into uh, overtime. Hamilton tied the series at 3-2. So I'm rooting for Mark Savard, but I love those Hamilton Bulldogs too. Absolutely. Uh, and but you do look a hell of a lot better than that character behind you, Dom. I gotta I gotta admit I love the back the backdrop on this yeah. podcast today. Great choice, great he doesn't choice. Look happy, does he? He does not look happy. <laughs> no, he doesn't, and for good reason, in my opinion. So yeah, definitely, and we'll definitely talk about that and a lot of stuff that went on this week, um, which is like the the, the hot topic going around the uh, Boston Bruins organization right now. But before we get into all this hockey talk, let's hear from show sponsor, betonline.ag. Our partners at betonline.ag continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's NBA Finals, the NHL Hockey Conference Finals, Major League Baseball scores, and all the latest fighting news and even next season's early NFL futures. BetOnline.ag is a continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50. That's CLNS50 to get the bonus and get in the action. BetOnline.ag, it's where the game starts. All right, we are back. You just heard me talk about the amazing show sponsor, BetOnline.ag. Please go and get your bets there. Do it safely and do it responsibly. And uh, there's, there's still Stanley Cup playoffs going on. There's baseball, there's golf, there's MMA stuff, t- Plenty of things to get your wager on, but please go to betonline.ag and use that code CLNS50. All right, let's get right into it. Um, the biggest well, question of- first, Mark. What's that? Uh, do, they, do they have a bet on there on uh, whether Dom can make it through this episode without mentioning the name Cam Neely? <laughs> well, there's already a uh, plus three thirty three hundred on that, sir. Because you just oh, <laughs> absolutely. All right, um, yeah. So uh, let's just. I, I know everybody that's listening are passionate Boston Bruins fans and hockey fans, and and know the news. It's been around for almost a week now. But on Monday, the Boston Bruins fired head coach Bruce Cassidy. Um, Kind of a blind shot uh, uh, out of nowhere uh, because the exit meetings, it sounded like, um, I mean, there was a shot from Cam Neely that, that said that there has to be better coaching and so on. Um, but it was also believed that his job was going to be safe somewhat. And then all of a sudden this happens on Monday um, in Monday evening. And uh, it shocked the uh, Bruins nation and along with me and probably all of us. So, um well my my initial thoughts were um just a very strange moment because you just kind of thought that he was going to be around for the last year of his contract and and we knew that that Kevin Dean was already going to get the axe but we didn't see that it was going to come this way um but let's get the initial thoughts on what happened on Monday and 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 how it how you felt that that instance when you looked at Twitter and just said, Holy shit, they got rid of him. Start off with Kevin. I was immediately shocked. I mean, it doesn't, 
right now it doesn't make sense. I need to see what they do before I make my full, you know, criticism or whatever towards this. Because if they go out and they get someone who fits like a glove and all of a sudden I know where this team is better than before, then how can you really sit there and say it was a bad decision? But today where I'm sitting, it looks like a bad decision. That's a coach who did not deserve to be fired. It's a scapegoat. And in my opinion, I think Neely is the one who wanted this decision to go through. I think the scapegoat to fire the real scapegoat was Don Sweeney. He was the one to take the firing on this, the, you know, the firing squad. I, I, I look at this whole situation. I just think to myself, what a joke. What are we doing here? Cam Neely needs to go. And that's all I got to say. Tom, what do you, what do you got for us? Well, the only thing I was really shocked about was it happened on a Monday, not on a Friday at 5 p.m. Listen, in all honesty, uh, I I know I've said some things on Twitter and other places, but that's just me uh, fueling the fire. Um, You knew it was going to happen based on on Cam Neely's comments. Uh, I'll agree with Kevin that... Bruce Cassidy said he was told his job was safe uh, during his uh, interview with Don Sweeney. So you you put Neely's comments uh, together with uh, what Cassidy said his conversation with Sweeney was about, then yes, this came from above. And uh, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> obviously it had the support of the of the Jacobs family. Uh, because in the end, they're the one that's, you know, paying the dough. Unless Cassidy gets out and gets a job tomorrow, the Boston Bruins are still going to pay him. Um, whether it's the right decision or not, I don't know. Like Kevin, it's wait and see what happens, what the next step is. But fundamentally, the roster is flawed. You know, we, we can talk about the questionable draft picks during – uh, Sweeney's tenure it's gotten better and that does come with an expanded and, and better scouting department but it's not perfect uh, we can talk about his free agent signings it, not great uh, I mean I'm really really disappointed in Nick Foligno uh, we've said it a number of times here he wasn't he wasn't uh, acquired for regular season hockey he was acquired for playoff hockey and it was a failure. I, I think Cassidy got more out of this roster than he should have. They took Carolina to game seven, right? Uh, they did it. They beat them without uh, Charlie McAvoy and uh, Hampus Lindholm in, in the roster for a game. So system flawed? I don't know. I I, I hear this lack of adjustment and stuff. Uh that Cassidy is constantly out-coached. Well, he out-coached Brindamore in Boston. Uh, in Carolina, different story, but you can't get away from the matchup on the road. So, And like I said, they they beat him without their best two defensemen in, in, in the lineup. So um, is it a flawed system? I don't think so. I, I think it could have used uh, some changing here and there. Maybe a better power play coach. Um uh, you know, uh, uh, a better 
offensively oriented coach as opposed to, well, look, I love Chris Kelly, but is, is he the guy I want driving my forwards? There are flaws, but like Kevin said, it's wait and see what happens. Yeah. So, sorry for going on so long, but no, don't worry about it. This is, this is one of the reasons why we love having you. Cause you're very insightful and you, you hit on topics that most of the time that I can't even figure out. So um, you're a valued Jesus asset. Dom. Give, give other people a freaking word, Dom. <laughs> Jesus. What's your problem, man? Freaking Mike Hogg. It's that grumpy guy in the back. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. He's a lot he's, of words. He's, um... A lot of words. Nothing said. We need to do an exorcism here because I think uh, Dom's been possessed by Don Sweeney and uh, Cam Neely. Yeah. So we need uh, for me, for me, this whole thing is strange because it, it normally this doesn't happen to coaches that have success like like Bruce Cassidy did in his six year tenure as the Boston Bruins head coach, um, um, above six hundred percent on the on the winning percentage in every year, um, in a playoff <laughs> team every year, whether you're one and done or or going to the Stanley Cup Finals in two thousand nineteen. Um, a lot of good accomplishments for Bruce Cassidy, but a, a lot of people are talking about Bruce and, and you said it too, uh, Dom Bruce dealt with what he was handed, you know, and, and, and he did the best job that he could do. And I totally get that. I also understand that coach shelf life is very minimal and whether or not the message was being received or not and so on, whether it, it was guided by the players, I don't know if that's true or not, but it just seems more and more that, you know, the rumors are saying that there was a, there was kind of a disconnect a little bit. Who knows? Um, but it's just, it was kind of strange how it happened. Uh, you know, I understand that coaches get fired and this and that, but the way that the Boston Bruins team did it, or organization did it like Don Sweeney calling Bruce Cassidy saying, can I stop by the house for a minute? And then going over there and then doing the firing in his own home. I was kind of like blown away by that. That is something that I'd say, Hey Bruce, can you stop in the office? I need to talk to you, you know, and have Bruce Cassidy drive, drive to warrior ice arena with the offices and then have and conduct your, your business there, not in somebody's personal home. I thought that that was kind of very, very strange. Mm, I wonder, I wonder if um, Don, you know, took a dip in the pool, had some dinner over there, you know, <laughs> got the full five course spread. It was like, you know what, by the way, Bruce, we're just going to have to move on from you. Yeah, Your steak tips <laughs> suck. <laughs> your steak tips suck. <laughs> What's wrong with that grill back there? I should have went to Mark's. Yeah. Right. I wonder when he went over, whether Jake DeBrusque was there. Oh geez! Oh geez! You know that's another thing too. You know, um, I people are, are are wondering: Does this mean that Jake DeBrusque sends his trade request? His trade request had nothing to do with Bruce Cassidy, so it's it has nothing to do with that. I, I think that if this player decides to stay here, it's because he wants to be here. It's not. It, it has nothing to do with. I mean, and if he decides he still wants to leave, maybe it has something to do with the fact they fired Bruce Cassidy. Maybe that he liked Bruce Cassidy and working under him. You never know. So there's a lot of questions that, that are going to need to be answered this off season. I don't know if we'll get them all. There's stuff that we will never, ever even hear about, regardless of even if you even if you're plugged in, you have sources into the organization. There's still some things you'll probably never hear about, never know. So it's um, it's going to be pretty tight lip for a few things. But oh God, I can't wait to see how this turns out. 
Well, obviously, this brings up the question of who's next. And and I want to put it up to the panel here. I mean, who do we realistically think that could come in here and change uh, this Boston Bruins team uh, and the system? Or I mean, you're not going to change the system, but you know, the it's it's a new voice behind the bench. And um, and you know, where, where do we go from here? Because in my opinion, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts and reading a lot of articles, and and the writers and podcasters are saying that if it's going to be a rookie coach much like if a Mark Savard was going to come into the organization or a Jay Leach who, who previously coached in, uh, with the Providence Bruins organization before going to Seattle, those guys are new. Now, would a new guy coming into the coach prompt a full rebuild because he's the easy scapegoat to get rid of? That's a question for Dom, actually. Okay, but I can tell you that it won't be or shouldn't be Barry Trotz or John Tortorella, uh, simply because if you think Bruce's message got stale and and tuned out the players, and that he was too rough on on certain players, what do you get a hold of those two? I hear about this hatred of Cassidy calling out players uh, in public. Boy, Torts tops that. Uh, as for Jade Leach, here's the thing. I, I keep reading and hearing his name pop up, but uh, he just signed a contract with Seattle, not as an assistant coach, but an associate coach. He's paid like a head coach. He has head coaching uh, duties. They're basically just sharing it, okay? Um, would he, looking from abroad, looking at what just happened in Boston, want to come back? Or would he want to build something in Seattle going forward as part of the mm. group that's... Yeah. I know where I'd be staying. Um, yeah, I think there's more job security in, in <coughs> Seattle too because there's a lot more of a leash there. Um, yeah. You're not expected to... I mean, Bruce Cassidy made the playoffs every season, as Mark alluded to, and he still can. So could you imagine Jay Leach's stress levels over here? Yeah. I don't know. I'd, yeah. I'd be staying over there, too. It's, especially with all the questions, like what's Bergeron doing? How's, how is Sweeney going to clear cap space? What kind of – is he going into a, a rebuild? Is he going into a retool? There's a lot of unanswered questions. and. You know what, guys? Honestly, a lot of coaches are probably looking at it and potential coaches and thinking, I don't want to be a part of that. I now, was just going to ask you that. <clears throat> you you asked about Mark Savard. I know Mark Savard would love the job in Boston. I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, he would love to coach the Boston Bruins. There's a guy who... I'll be honest, the first month and a half of the OHL season, he was on the hot seat. He was, but it, it was, he stressed patience. Uh, he stressed, let's believe in the system. He turned some young, good players into young, superb players. Uh, Wyatt Johnson picked, uh, I think it was five picks after the Bruins picked uh, Fabian Lysel. Uh, last year, or maybe it was four picks later. He's a good hockey player. Nobody expected nobody expected him uh, to end up winning the OHL's most 
uh, Outstanding Player of the Year award, who, by the way, I voted for. I voted for him. Mike Maggio, who went undrafted uh, last year, put up a phenomenal season this year. Got off to a slow start, but just like the team did. But he brought them along. He taught them what it takes to win hockey games. And now he's got the best team in hockey at 2-2 in the finals. Hamilton went into this series winning 23 games in a row until he stopped them. That's crazy. Can he coach? I have no doubt that he can coach. Is he ready for an NHL head coaching job? Listen, if I knew the answer to that, I would be an NHL GM someplace. So that's a decision that has to be made by those that are paid to make the decision. Uh, Absolutely. And then it goes back to me trying to ask a little while ago, but with everything that gone that's gone on with Bruce Cassidy and what's in the news and and what he said in his press conference via Zoom yesterday, what coach? I mean, I know the money is very tempting. That's that's a separate issue and so on. But what coach is going to look at this Boston Bruins organization and say, "I can thrive there, but if I make a mistake, it's probably not going to. I'm not going to be there very long." Mark Savard is the guy who would take on that challenge. I really believe that. I'd love to see it. Yeah. I mean, would love to see it. I mean, you look at teams like the Montreal Canadiens bringing in a guy like Martin St. Louis, the success that that is giving them. Um, you look at Joe Sackick, what he can do. I mean, these player coaches are seeming to work. Um, I, I think that bringing in a guy like Mark Savard would be a fantastic opportunity for not only him, but this organization to move into a different light. Um, I know that we talked before and Mark, you were on board with if they were to have can Sweeney to not really hire within or have a Boston Bruins guy come in and take that, you know, new mantle and to kind of get someone from outside of the organization. But for me, coaching, yeah, Mark Savard, I think that's the guy. I, I would love to see. I, I, I'm going to disagree because fundamentally – if if you want to change in culture, uh, you have to start at the top, and that's with Cam Neely. Okay, you if if you think this team is going nowhere and they've made a lot of mistakes and so on and so forth, it starts with the boss, Cam Neely. You bring in an outside hockey guy, uh, much like they did when they brought in Peter Shirelli. Not an outside hockey guy, an outside Boston guy, just like they did with Shirelli. And let him put, now, Shirelli wasn't president of the team, but he had 100% control of hockey ops. So he, in all sense and purposes, he was the president of, of hockey operations. Bring that guy in and let him make the decisions going down to the GM, let the GM make the coaching decisions. Let the coach make the assistant coaching decision. Now, now hold on. Okay. I, I'm what? What is it you were disagreeing with? Uh, that that uh, about Sweeney uh, being the guy to go. I think you got to go one step ahead. You, you, oh, you I know. wasn't. I wasn't even saying that. I wasn't. Oh, I wasn't trying I to say that. I was saying. Yeah, I was just saying that. You know, we have talked before about if Sweeney were to have been let go, 
you know, we had talked about with Mark about how we'd want it to be somebody from outside the organization, right. okay. a new voice coming in. Yeah, no, that that wasn't what I was trying to say. But is, uh, is it a new voice, though, Kevin, when the head honcho is still there? Oh, no, Neely needs to go okay. now, right now, yesterday, in my opinion. I, I, okay, I, here's I, my I question the, for you. Guys, a player. Is, is it a job for a former hockey player? It's, look, look at the like lease. With, look at the lease with Brendan Shanahan. Yeah, go go down the list. Um, look at the Oilers. They were a dumpster fire with Kevin Lowe at the helm, and uh, you know, up and up and down until they brought in an outside Edmonton guy. Um, you you go down the line. I. I you, yeah, you have to have some hockey sense, but most importantly, you have to have some business sense mm-hmm. as well. That's one of the reasons yeah. why I was really high on my, a guy like Mike Fuda, who, who was former uh, assistant to Dean Lombardi out in L.A. for so many years. Uh, and in my opinion, he was the one that really put together that prospect pool. And that's something that we need right now is, is a replenish of our prospect pool and you know, I, I like Mike. I like a lot of the things that he did. And, and if I'm not mistaken, uh, wasn't he an um, an OHL guy too? By the way, yeah, he was. Yeah. But it depends on what you want your GM to do. Do you want your GM to GM and and run a National Hockey League team, or do you want him out scouting? Because you can't do both. The the right. difference with LA is uh, they they've got an excellent scouting department. They find players. Um, all over the place. Um, you know, Winnipeg Jets were like that for, for the longest time. Uh, you know, you go into the well-drafting teams uh, that, I mean, use the Detroit Red Wings way back. Like, you know, when you find guys like Datsuk and Zetterberg late in the draft, yep. I mean, that's what you need. Moving on to another topic. Um it's uh, it's so weird that this happens so much in the NHL these days, but a player with one year remaining always brings up speculation of whether he's going to be here and not. But, um, boy, Fluto's uh, article recently about David Pasternak was taking way out of context. It was more of a less of a what could happen and not what will happen. In my opinion, and it kind of, people kind of uh, went off on that, saying that um, you know he's not happy here with uh, all the changes that recently went on. Might have might might uh, skew him uh, away from re-signing another deal, um, but that all, pretty much all came uh, crashing down and, and squashed uh, by his um, his uh, agent uh, JP Barry, I believe. Uh, saying that um, that's uh, a little untrue, but um, the both sides are going to be sitting down in early um, July before free agency on July 13th. To uh, you know why? Why? Because he can't sign an extension till July 14th. Because he's got one more year left. Yeah, he if, if he was in the final year of a one year contract. He can sign at any time, but because he's in the final year of uh, a multi-year deal, he can't sign until after free agency of the last year of his deal. That's why David Pasternak is not signing today. 
I see a lot of people, well, you got to sign him today or you got to trade him before the draft. No, you're not signing him today because it's not allowed. <laughs> That's funny. So, uh, Kevin, thoughts <laughs> thoughts on this whole debacle about David Pasternak and, and the rumors? What do you, what, I mean, is it just like uh, off season? I need to like stir up some controversy. <laughs> you know, I don't even think that was what Fluto's intentions were. He was putting out a piece on, you know, just where the Bruins are in his opinions on what's going on. Now, he said, if the Boston Bruins decide to go into a rebuild mode, the best asset they have that may be movable for them would be David Pasternak to garner, you know, the biggest package to, you know, hit the reset button and start getting them some, um, you know, some picks or young players or whatever it may be to start that rebuild and get to where you want to be. That was taken, of course, by, you know, leeches. I like to call them leeches. People who take stuff like that and turn it into something that's not just for the likes, for the reads, for the whatever, those clickbaity, crappy craps of the worlds. And it's it's nauseating. I, I, I I saw one guy on Twitter, he markets himself as like a breaking news type of thing on Twitter. He posted some crap like, oh, reported that the Boston Bruins are exploring trading David Pasternak. It's like, dude, do you read what you even are, are even putting out there? Like, what? Yeah. what? Are you joking? I mean, no, David Pasternak, there's nothing out there. And his his agent did come out and said, hey, none of this is true. This is all crap. What's really happening here is we're going to be sitting down and we're going to be discussing an extension. Uh, David Pasternak has a great relationship with Don Sweeney, great relationship with the team, um, and and that's where we're at. So that's all you need. What do you think, Dom? We probably, I mean, right. we already heard it a little bit. Totally, totally agree. I just like, you know, honestly, I never even read the article because I I just don't read articles like that that are. I don't know, based on opinion rather than anything else. Here's what I have a problem with is the word rebuild because it gets thrown around and it's like trade this guy, trade that guy. The word rebuild to me is what the Ottawa Senators did, what the Montreal Canadiens did, what the uh, Chicago Blackhawks are trying to do, what the Arizona Coyotes uh, are trying to do. And a rebuild is like a five-year window. So if you want to rebuild, you're trading Pasternak. You're trading McAvoy. You're trading Swayman. That's a rebuild. And the Bruins are not doing that. I, I know the people that are going to disagree with me and say, well, no, 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 that's not a rebuild. Yeah, that's what a rebuild is. Look at any hockey person who who has spoken about a rebuild or a GM, and they're selling everything to acquire those assets. So I just I just want to stay for, away from the word rebuild because that's not what they're doing here. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you'd be taking steps backwards. And what do you do with this, this current window of these veterans, uh, uh, Patrice Bergeron, if he comes back, and Brad Marchand and – and so on uh, on this team. You, what are you doing for them in their in their efforts to win another one? You know, it's it's really not doing much. But um, you know, just 
revitalizing your your prospect pool and your younger talent and 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 get better in the upcoming years but to to win now that's a bad idea in my opinion well yeah but they i mean they have to they have to do something with the prospect pool now i mean i got their potential roster in front of me i don't want to see forbert go but one of Grizzlick, riley or forbert has to go at least one of them, especially if you're giving Zaboro a, a legit shot, okay? Uh, maybe even two of them have to go because that's five left-shot defensemen that have, as much as everybody hates Riley, that has NHL skill, okay? <clears throat> if you look up front, I mean, they're going to give Oscar Steen a legit ch- shot. It, it, As has nothing, it has nothing to do with Bruce Cassidy. It has to do that, hey, he is now on a one-way contract and he's waiver exempt, or he has to clear waivers. Same with Jack Stanika. We'll need to, so they're going to get a legit shot. You have to give it to them. They have to try and find a way to get rid of Nick Foligno. And... Um, I'm sure you saw my tweet yesterday about now, this is how you dump salary. The the deal between uh, Ottawa and, uh, or sorry, Buffalo and uh, Dallas with Ben Ben Bishop and some other guy traded for, and a seventh round pick for future considerations. That's a cap dump. You don't throw second round picks in to get rid of a player like John Moore or, you know, those type of guys. So they got to, they got to do something like that. They have to make a decision on Trent Frederick, Thomas Nosek. Can Stanika fill that job? Um, I don't know. These are all tough decisions. They, they've got to make Chris Wagner is destined for uh, Providence again. Um, Craig Smith is on his last year. You trade him for a mid-round pick, a late-round pick. I don't know. I mean, I'm not a GM, but, you know, at least when it comes to Oscar Steen and um, Jackson Nika, this is their year, man. This is the year that they have to do something, and um, they have to fit him in. Anton Bleed, I think, is as good as gone after the comments mm-hmm. he made. Yeah, I know Kevin's going to hate that. Yep. I don't know. Curious, like what 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 would you guys do with a Trent Frederick? It's like as much as I don't want to move on from him, to me, I think just letting him go elsewhere would be beneficial for the player and the organization. He just I mean, he has his flashes of I get it, but he reverts back to the I have no fucking idea what's going on. So just move on. You got plenty of young players who need opportunity. Trent Frederick isn't grasping that. I think um, as much as I like the player, I don't hate the player. I don't. I think he's got. I think he's got some useful skills and tools for the NHL. He just needs to be able to put it all together, and I'm not sure if it's going to be here. I mean, maybe you give him a chance uh, with a new head coach coming in to see if maybe that clicks with him. But I mean, do you really want to, especially if Bergeron comes back, do you really want to be experimenting with Trent Frederick and his nonchalant attitude in his, um, in his, 
uh, exit meeting and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's just not rubbing me the right way with him right now. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm a Trent Frederick guy. I always have been, uh, I've watched a ton in Wisconsin, uh, the, uh, national development program. And, and obviously I thought he did very well in Providence and really showed me that he was going to be a, a future steady pro. But when he got to the NHL level, it was a, it was that consistency for me that I saw a drop off in, in, in that change in levels, um, whether it be, you know, told by the coaching staff to do a certain or be a certain player or a certain way. I don't know, but it, it was he's just not consistent enough for me to, you know, uh, fully say that, uh, you know, I, I don't like the player. I, we need to move on. But I would say one more if he was signed, it's a one year deal. You got to really show me or that's it. You know, um, you know, if you if you want to entertain a trade, see if you, you know, if St. Louis will bite, talk to uh, Armstrong out there and see if he'll bite on a deal to bring the kid home. Um, you know, who knows? But I'd like to see a, a better year out of him before I can say, you know, it's it's done. I'm, I, I've had it up. I've saw enough. Where are we going? Oh, uh, speaking of like a player like that and, and possible line mate. Um, what about the Curtis? I know we talked about this uh, not long ago, but what about Curtis Lazar? I mean, it's, it seems like he's a player that's probably not coming back because of the the trend that the Boston Bruins have with the, these types of players. They don't want to pay a certain amount of money for a fourth line player. What are your thoughts, Dom? Um, I would bring him back. I just i I just think that uh, he's priced himself out of town. It's He's going to command more money than the Bruins can afford or should pay, considering uh, what they have to do with the rest of the roster. So, I mean, I would give that fourth line spot to Oscar Steen. Yeah, um, and that, that's a that's a weird factor about Oscar Steen is like he's basically was signed to 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 make the roster, and if he doesn't, he's waiver eligible. Um, and we all know that a player like that is going to get taken up quickly. Um, you know, even, even a player like Jakob Zborl, who's the same, in the same situation, got signed and is waiver eligible. Um, you know, if he goes, he's going to probably be picked up by some team that's, you know, wanting to add depth. So, um, I, I hate to lose players like that, but you, you still have to make adjustments to your roster. You know, it's, and we, we already talked about it with like what you do with Nick Foligno. You, you, if to, to improve this Boston Bruins team, you need to make cap adjustments. You got to find money somewhere. And I, I'm not sure about the cap number we have right now. I know Dom, you probably well and tapped on that, but. Um, uh, 2.3 million. Okay. And then on, during the off season, you can go up to 10%. Right. right. So. 81 or 90 point something million. Yeah. So you can also have LTIR. Exactly. Yeah. Or, you, don't um, to, you don't want to use that in the off season. Right. No, but it's there just in case if yeah. like something crazy happens. So to improve this team, you do have to make adjustments on your roster. It, you know, and, and have that cap flexibility to take on something. You know, if you want to go out and make a trade for somebody or, or sign a, a certain player. I'm, not, I'm just throwing this out there. Like the the probably the most heavy freaking center right now that's available is probably going to be Evgeny Malkin, and he's not going to come to Boston on a one million dollar deal. You're going to have to make yeah. room for a player like that. So 
adjustments have to be made. You, you, you definitely have to figure out something to do with Felino, whether you buy him out or, and, and it is Providence an option. Like the, the Chris, the Chris Wagner route, are you still paying the guy down in the AHL? So, and it's still a cap number, even though you do get a little bit of a, um, a relief. So it, it's going to be interesting on how everything's constructed during this off season leading up to uh, free agency. For me, I'm not trading. I am not trading Derek Fulbort um, out of those defensemen that were named earlier. I think he, I think he's the type of player you're going to need in a playoff series. I think he was one of your most valuable players to you in yeah. that Carolina series. I think he Agreed. should be staying 100. Um, in my opinion, both Matt Grizzlick and Mike Riley can both go. It's not because I don't like the players. It's because of the situation that they're in. And I think that a guy like Jakob Zaboro can step in and um, really start to hone his craft as long as he can stay healthy. I need to put that out there before people come out and go, yeah, well, he's always injured. I know. I get it. But maybe he's not this year. You know, having a guy like that, I think he can start to step into that. Um, you know, whether it's a, a top four on the left side or maybe it's a bottom pairing on the right side with a foreboard. Um, I think he'd be good there. Uh, you have a guy like Jack Ashan you could give a shot to, or you could go out and try to find another guy to fill in. But um, it's you need the cap space. You do. Um, and then looking at the forwards here, I mean, you could try to move on from Craig Smith, but I wouldn't do that just yet. I think Nick Foligno is the guy who stands out. Jake DeBrusque, if he wants to stay, I say let him stay. He's a young kid who, you know, he's got speed. He's got he's got a pretty damn good shot. He's got some skill there, especially if Bergeron comes back. I'd run that line again of Martian, Bergeron, DeBrusque. I'd run that right back, see what you got there. Keep Hall, keep Pasenak together. Let them continue doing their work. Whether it's Halla in between them or you find something better, great. Just make sure it's a fit. Um, <clears throat> and then, I mean, Charlie Coyle, I think that he's just a staple on that third line. You do not move on from that guy. I'm sick of the whole, you know, he's making $5 million. He's, no, I'm sick of the he's making top six money argument. I'm sorry, but $5.25 million is not top six money. It's really not, in my opinion. I mean, I, I think, you know, once you get into that six and above, that's when you start getting into that. But, I mean, look at Jordan Stahl when he was playing for the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. If I'm not mistaken, he was making around that $5 million mark. You know, he has a third-line center. He was right with there. A lower, I mean, with is, a lower cap. Yeah. Yeah. This is not – this is nothing in, that is out of the realm of, um, <clears throat> of craziness. Uh, you know, they could move on from a guy like Thomas Nosek. There's, there's a lot of ways they can go. Curtis Lazar, like we talked about, he's not coming back. Anton Bleed not coming back. There's so much going on with this roster here, um, but they need to make the cap space. I mean, and then you got a guy like, like uh, Lysel. I mean, it, we see that he's most likely going to be spending his time in Providence, but, you know, like Don Sweeney said in his presser, you never know. We didn't think that David Posnack was ready. He came in, he scored against Philadelphia, and – we just ran with it and he became a fantastic uh, pro for us. So you never know what could happen with, Lass with LaSalle. Um, there's a lot of things that could happen here and um, God, it's spicy and I'm excited. Yeah. 
Yeah, so speaking of Lysel, um, Dom, you wrote an article not too long ago and mentioned um, that Lysel is one and done. Uh, is that just by feeling, or is that you're real confident that he's going to be moving on? Oh, he's moving on. Okay. I, he's definitely moving on. He's not going back to the WHL next season. Okay. That's good to know, because um, now I'm going to write my own article about that. And obviously, you know, uh, tire pump your awesome wisdom. <laughs> how long until the trade lineus ilma almark um comments start popping up again it's already it already has this oh, i haven't even seen has it oh you yeah. want to relieve cap space uh trade that goaltender that, that backup goaltender that you signed <laughs> for like five years yeah do you see the picture of him circulating on twitter this morning dressed up in uh dinosaur bone outfit no i didn't <laughs> Check uh, Peter Tancred out. He retweeted <laughs> it. It's it's like an awesome photo. Next. Uh, hey, should we do our mid-show break now and then uh, come back? Yeah, I want to yes, make another coffee. Okay. I'll uh, get, get Dom some caffeine in him. But we'll talk about uh, – we'll hear from the amazing Bruce Sullivan from Spot, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. He's got some amazing stuff, uh, hand-signed items from Ray Bork, Terry O'Reilly, Jerry Cheevers. Uh, current players like um, like um, uh, Charlie Coyle and so on. If, and if you want to spice up that fan cave, this is a great opportunity to do it. So listen to this mid-show commercial from Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia, and we'll talk some more Bruins on the other side, folks. Hello, Bruins fans. This is Bruce from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia with your black and gold memorabilia moment of the week. On May 23rd, we hosted Bruins legend, 19-time All-Star, Raymond Bork. We have Bork jerseys starting at 139, photos starting at 59, and pucks for 65. May 30th, we had Miracle on Ice hero, Buzz Schneider. Get your Schneider jerseys for just $99, pucks for 44 or photos for 39. On June 6th, we hosted the return of Bruins legend Derek Sanderson. Score with autographed inscribed jerseys starting at just $89. 8 by 10 photos for 34 or pucks for just 39. For more information on our dozens of Bruins hand signed pieces and your chance to win free memorabilia each week, check us out at our Facebook page, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Or email us directly at bostonsportsandmusic at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in each week right here to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Let's go! All right, Beast fans, we are back talking Boston Bruins hockey. We just heard from the amazing Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Like I always say, he's got some amazing stuff, so... Go to the uh, Facebook page and follow that and reach uh, and share some stuff to win your uh, some free hand signed items every week and um, support Bruce because he does a great job. And we buy all of our hand signed jerseys for our Patreon giveaways here at the Black Gold Hockey Podcast. So we're back and um, Kevin's got a little fun little thing to uh, to talk about um, in this uh, second half of the program. So, Kevin, I'm going to give it to you and uh, tell us what you're thinking. Well, when we look at the roster, what we have now, I mean, you kind of have to break it down into 
who's who's staying, who's leaving, where would you like to see each player kind of match up, whether that's on, um, you know, whatever line that may be, whatever pairing that may be. And we'll take a look at the holes that are left and where we believe that they should go to make this a competitive hockey team. So when I look at this roster, um, you know, we see people like Nick Foligno here. I think we're all in agreement that whether he's buried, bought out, or traded, that's one player that's most likely not going to be on this roster moving forward. The only reason why I could see him staying on this roster is if a guy like Patrice Bergeron doesn't come back because he could be a leadership mentor type guy that they may want to keep around, but I can't even say that with full confidence. Um, So you move on from him. You also have, I think, I think you also move on from Thomas Nosek. I think you got guys who can fill that role. So that's two, that's two spots gone there. Now, when you look at it, I think we all in consensus can say, let's go ahead and roll with that top line of Marshan Bergeron and DeBrusque if Bergeron comes back. I think we may all be in agreement there. Yeah. 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 Okay. So moving to that second line, I think, in my opinion, we'll have a hole at 2C. As much as I think Holland did a great job, I think at this juncture, you're going to need to upgrade a bit there. Now, I'm not saying you need to upgrade with a Malkin or a Giroux or a guy of that caliber, but just just a fresh face there because um, you want to bolster that that bottom six again because that was proven to be an issue once again um, when we thought it wasn't going to be. So I think having Hall, Pasenak, and then we have that hole there, are we in s- sort of agreements there, or do you guys believe that there's someone from within or that Hall should remain at that spot again? It, uh, there's nobody within. Yeah, internally it's not there. Agreed. Unless Jackson Nico all of a sudden just out of nowhere puts yeah, on 20 out pounds. Of nowhere. He's capable of it, but I just don't think as a first year full time NHLer that it's possible. Right. I agree. So we'll just go ahead and be in agreement there that that's going to be a hole right there at that 2C position. So then that leads me to dropping down. And the line I want to see, which I think would be very successful and pretty damn consistent, is Eric Halla on the left wing, Charlie Coyle at center, and Craig Smith on the right wing. That, to me, is a solid third line that you can put up against any line. And they will play them hard, and they may even be able to outmatch them. It would remind me a bit of that – that Jordan Stahl line that they had there in Carolina, maybe not as heavy, but still has some size to it there. Um, I, I would love to see that line. I, I think they did great in a um, in a small sample size in December when they were put together as that second line when both Bergeron and Marshawn were out. I think uh, I think that would be a, a fun one to see. What are just your guys' the, thoughts just on the, that? Just the, the possession of those three on that line um is is better than well i like point i like point per game players all the, i'll take those all day long but in a line like that it's all about possession size and 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 not even speed but 
uh, you know, it's just, it's it's hard minutes that that line um, gives you. So I'm not I'm I'm totally on board with something like that. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, which means which begs the question for you then, Kevin. Obviously, Curtis Lazar has probably priced himself out. <coughs> uh, so Frederick down to the fourth line. I guess and so to start. In what would have been the Felino spot if they can move that? Yeah, the left wing spot there. So then you're giving Stud and Steen center and right wing. Correct. Except Mark McLaughlin is my dark horse. To what, yeah, somebody's going to have to be the thirteenth forward. Yeah, yeah. Mark McLaughlin is my dark horse there to get on that fourth line. Whether it's on on a, um, a, a, a it would have to be a center position if Steen right. was taking that right side. So um, I think Mark McLaughlin showed a lot while he was up here. Um, Mark and I were talking about this during the break. Mark didn't really see a ton from him at the Providence level, but some players just excel more in higher they, opportunities. They do, Kevin, but we saw it with Steen with his first few games. A lot of it is adrenaline. So yeah. you see the first three, four Maybe even five games isn't what you're going to see in game 10 or game 15 or game 20. So yep. I, I'm I'm not ready to say he deserves a shot based on the few games he had in Boston because um, talk to me after development camp, rookie camp, the prospects challenge um, and, and development camp and, and we'll see. But um much like Stanika last year, uh, Stanika should have been on the opening day roster after the camp that he had. Um, mm -hmm. But people like to blame Cassidy without taking into account there's a business side to this. And you are only allowed a 23-man roster. So who are you going to waive to get Jack Stanika in, yep. into the and, and that's – and that's why McLaughlin's my dark horse because of the reasons that you said. We don't know 100% how that's going to be with right. him, but you never know. That was like like me saying the Rangers were my dark horse to make a cup final. Had no idea. Maybe they could do it. Look where they are now. They still have a chance at it, but dark horse nonetheless. Um, well, we still have the pairings to go over. We have the okay. defensive pairings. Uh, I think Lindholm, McAvoy, staple. Yeah, lock on. That is your top pairing. Probably one of the most dominant top pairings you're going to see in the East or the West. Um, yeah, I, I believe that that that's going to be a dominant pairing. And 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 I liked what I saw from Lindholm. And just just to have him in for a full off season in Boston, working with in the gym at Warrior Ice Arena with his fellow teammates and building more camaraderie and so on um, in that you know, defensive lineup and, and with the team, I think he's going to be that much better. I, I Much like uh, Derek Forbert, uh, I think that he had a, an outstanding playoff, um, no doubt, in uh, an up and down season, but he got better as more time went on. I expect Derek Forbert to be a better player after, uh, you know, one full year with Boston. And just, I think players get better when they get more comfortable, you know, you learn the systems, you learn in the people, you, you know, it's a, it's a new thing to some of these guys that are coming in um, via free agency. So it does take a little bit to learn 
all aspects of the game on and off the ice. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to disagree with you guys here. Here's okay. what I'm going to do. <clears throat> I'm moving Lindholm down to the second pairing with Carlo Ooh. and create two pairs. Um, Brandon Carlo was his best at shutdown when he was paired with Zdeno Chara, an elite defenseman. And you put Carlo with an elite defenseman like Lindholm, we may get that back. Now, who do I put with McAvoy? Jacob Zaboral. <laughs> I got a little Zaboral on my pants. Oh my God! Yes, we when they when they were paired together. It wasn't a lot, but they showed something. So I would at least try it. And then I would go Forbert, Clifton as my third pair, which means now you need a seventh defenseman. <clears throat> I wouldn't count out uh, Bruins' recent signing out of Germany. I, I'm not sure whether it's Wiseman or Wisman. I, th- I believe the proper pronunciation is Wiseman. Yep. Okay. Um, now, if you want to carry eight defensemen, then you got to choose between Mike Riley and Matt Grizzly. But you're you're not you're not carrying either one of them at over three million dollars as cap hit uh, as an eighth defenseman or seventh for that matter. Uh, so you can open up the door to move both of them. And have Jack or Sean up there. Uh, and, and that's if he signs, too. <laughs> oh, he'll sign. He's yeah. Where is he going to go? Yeah, I know. He's, he's got RFA status, so more, more yeah. than likely he'll resign. And I believe now, it's arbitration eligible, too. Yeah, yeah. Now, I agree with your saying in theory, but from what I saw from Hampus Lindholm and Brandon Carlo when they were paired, I wasn't too impressed. I yeah, hope maybe with an offseason, a camp, a preseason and some looks to start the season. I hope that changes, but I think that's going to be your top pairing, obviously going into the season with right. McAvoy, of course, uh, being out. So they're going to have to be forced to yep. get to know each other and to play well together. So Dom, I'm on board with what you're saying. Mark and I actually throughout the season have been big on Zaboro getting a chance with Charlie McAvoy before he went down to injury. Yep. Love the kids game. I think his game would complement Charlie fantastic. Um, I just – I think it would be fantastic. I'm, I'm on board with it, 100%. And the four-board Clifton pairing, I'm on board with it as well. But if Clifton starts to pull his regular season Cliffy Hockey bullshit, you got to go out and get a right shot defenseman who can work well with a, um, a Derek four-board. And maybe that's a transitional guy. Um, seeing how they like to do that type of transitional um, whole thing, or maybe just go out and get another bruiser and have that third pairing just be heavy. But make sure it's a bruiser with mobility. You don't want to bring in a guy who's just going to run around trying to take people's heads off without being able to uh, stand his lane, um, you know, go to the corners well and keep up with, um, you know, whoever he could be going up against um, on a pairing. Uh, um, you know, on the ice. So it's, it's going to be interesting, but so that really means the only hole that we have that we're looking at, as long as things go to plan 
Bergeron comes back as 2C, is I mean, as uh, 1C, is that 2C slot. That's the only area we're looking at where we think to ourselves, okay, this is the direction they need to go in. Now, I have to bring it up. You know I have to bring it up. And I'm sure you guys may already know what I'm talking about. But David Krejci, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, that's that's going to be an interesting one. Um, and I, I I liked what Eric Holla did for this Boston Bruins team in the second half when they came back from that pandemic break, um, and and Bruce Cassidy reconfigured the roster to what it what it was to, basically to end the season and uh, and go into the playoffs. I thought that that he played a very big role uh, and moved up the lineup quite well, but. That more or less to me was a band-aid. It was nothing that you want to completely invest in. You still need to get that second line center. I'm not totally sure. Now listen, I like David Krejci. I like his game. I you know, he's he's a very good player and he was a great Bruin and so on. But does he move the needle for making this Boston Bruins team better? Or is it just an idea that if he comes back, we're all gonna be kumbaya happy? In my opinion, he moves the needle as an upgrade, but does he move the needle for your future? Obviously no. not. No, but it buys time. You, you, yes, you, you can't fill that spot today for today and the future unless somehow you can swing a deal with Chicago for Doc and, and things work out with him. But no, uh, to me, if you, if David Krejci comes back and he's been in between Taylor Hall and David Pasternak, that bumps that line to the first as your first line. I think agreed. Legitimately, Marshan Bergeron Dubrusque would become your second line. Yep, especially with Marshan's off-season double right. hip surgery. Right. So, um, <laughs> look, there's there's a lot of questions facing this roster. Um, I think the only position that's solidified really is in net with Swayman and Allmark, unless they trade Allmark. Sarcasm there. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the defense, there's bodies that's got, that have got to be moved. Uh, up front, some major decisions to be made, and a lot of it hinges on um, – Patrice Bergeron and what he decides to do. If we were midway through the season, depending on the year that they had in Providence, don't count out Johnny Beecher getting some time in. I mean, it wouldn't be second line. Right. (coughs) Excuse me. But, uh, or Georgi Merkulov. (laughs) There it is. Uh, There it is. Like, I mean, Let's say Charlie Coyle went down with an injury. I, I would think that that's a, a spot that uh, Johnny Beecher could fill in short term or Merkulov could fill in short term. And it's giving them a taste of the NHL and it's giving you a chance to see what they've got. Because we all know injury injuries are going to happen. So somebody is going to get a shot. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Especially, they technically already are. Yeah. <laughs> especially yeah. to start this upcoming season with the injuries to um, you know, McAvoy and 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 Riley and 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 Marshand and 
and so on. The uh, these younger players are going to get opportunities to to at least show what they can to be that that gap filler. Um, well, not so much not so much on defense though, Mark, because they've already got and they've got two, four, six, eight NHL defensemen under contract. So I mean, it's going to be interesting regardless. Yeah. So we you know we we touched on this a bit how. Lindholm and Carlo are most likely going to be your top pairing moving into next season, you know, unless for some reason Don Sweeney decided to do something else. But um, that makes you wonder, what's your second pairing going to look like? Is it going to be Zaboro on the right with a guy like um, uh, Mike Riley if he sticks around or Grizzlick if he sticks around? Um, It's – that's – that's going to be the confusing one for me is what are they going to do with that second pairing for the first two months of the season? Someone's going to have to go to the right and it's going to have to be Zaboro. The played a lot going back to his junior days with Thomas Shabbat on the right hand side. It's not like this is new to him. He's done it a lot throughout his career. So he's capable of playing the right side. I have no problem with him there. As a matter of fact, of all the left shot defensemen, he's probably the best option to move over to the right hand side. Yep. Yeah. And uh Forbert is another option too. <coughs> if needed. Probably not the yeah. best one, but if needed, he could go there that way too. I just don't know why we haven't seen it yet. I know. That's that's the weird part about it. Um moving on to something that um Joe Trevia, he works over at blackandgoldhockey.com with me and and, and others here, uh, brought up an interesting question on Twitter, and it was more or less a poll. And, but I wanted to bring it up to you guys because we're all big prospect guys, and and we know kind of know what the uh, what the future looks like with some of these players. But um, especially when it comes down to two of them, like Lysel and Mason Lowry. But uh, you brought up Chicago Blackhawks not too long ago. Um, Dom and and Joe says uh, Alex Debrinket could be on the market, and if he was, would you give up uh, one of Lysel or Lowry in a package to uh, uh, obtain him? I'd give him both up. <laughs> I had a feeling somebody was going to say that. <laughs> I'd give him both up. Um, um... Alex Debrinket isn't what this team needs right now. Interesting. Okay. You know, is just not what this team needs. But I would definitely trade both of them for him. Yeah. Left winger. Um, you know, 24 years of age. He's 5'7, 165. Um, they're looking to add some snarl. I don't know if that gives you that. Uh, he's young. He would fit in with what you're trying to do, but the position. Um it doesn't match. really, it doesn't really work. If he was a center, sign me the hell up. Yep. Um, yeah. But if Don Sweeney was married to the idea of bringing this guy in, and it was happening regardless of what anyone said, I think for me, Lori would be the one out of the two for me, and that's just because your defense is a bit more shored up than what you have offensively in your um, in your cabinets there. Yeah. The right wing depth is a little thin, in my opinion, but you know, 
we'll see what happens with that. But it was an interesting question because this, like we were talking about in the uh, the mid show break, it, there's going to be teams like Chicago, like Vancouver, <laughs> like um, the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, Florida Panthers, even the the possible three time Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning are going to have to. Um, have some cap casualties moving into the off season. So uh, players could be available. So it all depends on how we, how this team, and we talked about it earlier, how this team manages the cap and, and, and is willing to bring in these players for that win now um, mentality, if that's still a thing. Um, if the but, brink it is, if the brink it is your move, they're not winning. I mean, okay. Yeah, he's a great player, but the the team has constructed uh, with Dabrinkit in is not a Stanley Cup team. No. You already got Martian and Hall there as your top two left wingers. You're not sticking yeah. any of the three on your third line. If one of the th- if you had all three, though, Hall would be the one to go to the third line. Um, it just doesn't make sense. But sticking with the Blackhawks real quick. Um, there's rumors out there that Dylan Strom will not be offered a contract in Chicago. If that's the case, if you're the Boston Bruins, are you trying to jump all over that kid? 100%. I, I would. De- depends on the on the cost. Like, what you got a salary in front of him? It's I got three it. point something. I okay. think two five, possibly. He's not getting that. So, no. um, if the Hawks walk away, he's unrestricted free agent. Mm-hmm. Can you pick him up for a million and a half? I'd give it a I think shot. It might take two. I think it might take two. I I but, might stretch it to two. Yeah, I but I would I would definitely do it. I mean, seeing yeah. what he did on the top line for Chicago this season is yeah. what was expected of him when he was drafted. Um, I, I think he could. I think he could be a very very good second line center on this team in between a Taylor Hall and a David Pasternak. 100%. I think 20, he would move the needle. Is it, uh, Dylan's a 25 year old RFA with um, arbitration rights. So that's, that's another caveat. So, but that um, wouldn't matter if he's not um, offered that, you know, qualifying offer. Yeah. That QA. Yeah. I, I don't have the dates in front of me. So there's a deadline for, for a player to file for salary arbitration and there's a deadline for qualifying offers. <clears throat> Everything's all mixed up this year. So I don't know which date is which. So technically if he files for salary arbitration before qualifying offers are due, then the Hawks are stuck with it. They're going okay. to arbitration. <clears throat> but usually arbitration comes after um Qualifying offers are due. All right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And don't count Ottawa out. <laughs> mm, yeah, we know. Yeah. I, I'm still dumbfounded by this whole Ottawa thing. And and if you saw a senator. <laughs> no, I know. I looked. I looked all freaking day in front of the Canadian Senate and couldn't find a senator. Our senators are unlike yours, Mark, in the U.S. Our senators are like 75, 80 years old. And they're once they're, they become senators, they're senators for life. Yeah. Unlike the Ottawa senators hockey team, yeah, they come, they come and those senators come and go like, I don't know, um, 
Kevin with herpes. <laughs> what the hell? Herpes. What? Jesus Christ. The next, next topic is how did you get those herpes? <laughs> Thanks, Dom. <laughs> Jesus, that was. But, that was... you know, Ottawa is looking to wheel and deal. Um, Ottawa's also got to add cap to their to their money. Um, you know, Kevin mentioned uh, David Krejci. Well, David Krejci and Patrice Bergeron, can, because they're over thirty-five, can sign a excuse me a one-year deal with performance bonuses and have a carryover to next season. <clears throat> or sorry, the twenty-three twenty-four season. I firmly believe the cap is going to go up then more than the million dollars we see for next season and that they can absorb uh, those performance bonuses a lot easier. So I don't know. I think you could dump uh, a contract or two on Ottawa. Interesting. Well, what would it take see. to get Josh Norris out of there? <laughs> oh, more than I'd be willing to pay. Yeah. LaSalle and um and um Lori. I think I think there has to be a first round pick in there for Ottawa. Although Ottawa's got a lot of picks for next season. A lot of questions awesome. with Ottawa with the ownership or what's what's going to happen there. So I'm I'm not sure how much leeway Dorian has to you know to spend money and stuff. Yeah. Because isn't Stutzel a center as well who's just playing the wing in the NHL to start? He can play center too. Yep. So I wonder, you know, if maybe they think to themselves, oh, they're offering us Fabian LaSalle and Mason Lorai for this kid who just put up 55 points in 66 games uh, this season here. He's, he's, He's trending in the right direction. He yeah. looks like he'd be a fantastic fit on this team. Young center, 6'1", 199 pounds. Um, I mean, he was this season, he was a negative seven on the Ottawa Senators. I think that's pretty damn good yeah. for the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Like, what they have to pay Stutzladen next year, I believe. I believe so. Yeah, this um, is his last year of his ELC coming up. Yeah, and Norris has... Two more years, I believe. Cap crunch. So, I don't know. They, Ottawa's going to have to decide, solve their ownership problems before they, they decide what to do with money. So um, I wouldn't be surprised to see them make moves. Now, if you two were the Ottawa Senators GM, put yourself in his shoes, and Boston Bruins came to you with an offer of, La- of LaSalle, um, Lori, and let's say a second. For for who? For Norris? For for Josh Norris straight up. Oh, I take it. Up, but I take it. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure the Bruins would do that. Yeah, right. Me neither. If, I, if I'm Dorian, I take it. I take it all the way to the bank. So that means we know where we have a starting point at as far as what would one hundred percent get him. Right. Now, which player would you take away out of Lori and LaSalle? If I'm where do you Ottawa? think they're stronger? Yeah, where do you think they're stronger? Defense, and this is for the Ottawa Senators, defense or offense? I would say they're 
I would, I would say, take away Lori and give me another defenseman, like a Jack Ashan. Like a Jack Ashan, uh, although with Thomas Shabbat, I'm not sure I really need Jack Ashan. Um, what about Victor Berglund? I might be impressed with uh, a Forber. Okay, so you're talking about a roster guy there. Okay. Um, well, something that fits my need, but I, I don't about think a Maddie. Oh, uh, no, Matt Grizzlick wouldn't really. Hmm. Would you uh, think Matt Grizzlick would move the needle, even though Shabbat's there? Because like Grizzlick, no. I think, is more of like a Swiss I, Army type guy. If, if Grizzlick was a right shot, okay. I don't know. You're I'm sitting well, here I'm, building a package that's never going to happen. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I don't know. I, I want somebody young that I have control over for years. Like, I, I might be enticed by Ty Gallagher. I might be enticed with uh, Ryan Mast. No, the, the money doesn't work for me, right? Hmm. I'm Ottawa. I'm thinking about dollars, right? I think they'd be dumb to trade Josh Norris anyway. So oh, I think they would be too. So I, stupid. I would be too. But you never know. I mean, the Bruins need to figure out how they're going to get this center position solid for the next 10 years. They need to figure that out. Now, will it be through next year's draft, possibly? The 2023 draft. Do you hold on to that first round pick if you're Don Sweeney and you do not move it no matter what? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't. Such such tough decisions, man. No, you're going to find, you can find, you can find a future number one defenseman in the 2023 draft, possibly up to pick 20. What about centers, though? That's what we're talking oh, about here. That, that's what I mean. Centers. Sorry. Yeah, because um, I'm looking at this. You got Connor Bedard. You got Adam Fatilli. Meant uh, some of these names are really I bonkers. But I think <laughs> that 2023 draft is is something. I I'm sorry we don't have a second for 2023. To be honest with you, because could recoup uh, it. Could Matt Grizzlick uh, could recoup that. Could definitely get a second round pick in a Matt Grizzly dude. Yeah. Um yeah. I the the problem is is what do you want to do for this year till you get to that 2023 draft? Not just this year, because uh you draft that player um and you still really a year or two before he's making an, an impact at the NHL level, right? So you're mm-hmm. you're looking at at least three seasons away. Uh, so what do you do to fill in that gap? Here's what I'm hoping. And I'm really hoping that Brett Harrison takes that huge step next year, uh, gets his entry-level contract signed, and is a year in the AHL and becomes that number two center that I think he can be. But even then, that's two years away, right? He's capable of it. He has the skills. uh, He has the smarts. He can skate. So it's it's all there. It's just for him to put it together. And I haven't seen enough of it this year, and I don't know that we 
We'll see it going forward, but I'm hoping he does because he could be that number two center. Yep. I like it. Agreed. I like and, it. Yeah. And, and I, Georgie. I, I, you know, and another guy not to count out now is Mattias Mantikibi. Mm-hmm. You know, we know in, in talking to him that he's coming over for development camp this year. He's in under contract for another year in Finland and yep. then can come over. But again, you need that stop gap until then. So personally for me, I'd be totally okay with the Boston Bruins missing the playoffs this upcoming season. Just personally. Because, you know, I, I look at these, I look at this 2023 draft, and like you said, there is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen centers in that are ranked in the top twenty-one alone. <laughs> um yeah. I mean, and there's a good amount of guys from Canada. Who are those centers? Yeah. I mean, you got Bedard, you got Fantilli. You got um, – I don't think anyone is going to want this player, but you got Callum Ritchie just because of his last name. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you. They're going to be like <laughs> – Love the kid. Love the kid. Love the kid. And he has chemistry with Brett Harrison. A lot of chemistry. They they intermixed a lot this year where one would play center, the other one would play wing and vice versa. So a lot of chemistry – I actually give Harrison credit for bringing him along. I think actually when we had Brett Harrison on a podcast a few months ago, and I talked to him about it, about helping him bring uh, Richie along. So uh, maybe Mark can link back to that uh, podcast we had with, uh, with Harrison later on. Yeah. I'll put it in the uh, show notes. I'll put the link in the now, show notes if people want to listen to it. Now, let's say the Boston Bruins do make the playoffs, but there are another like maybe first round exit and they 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 maybe they land at like 19, okay? And maybe they get a guy like Nate Danielson, right-handed center um out of Canada there. What do you think about a guy like Nate Danielson? I don't know if you have anything on him. I've got scouting reports for this year to finish yet, and you're putting me on the next year. <laughs> there, guys. Hey, you're supposed to be the guru, man. <laughs> yeah, listen, I've, I've been pumping the 2023 draft for three years now. That This is the draft to hold on to your picks. Uh, I'm not sure it's going to rival some of the best drafts in, in history, but it'll be up there. So, it's it's too early to rank players and where they where they belong in a ranking way too early. So I'm not sure what you're looking at, Kevin. You must have found a ranking someplace, but what we see today isn't what is going to be in June of of 2023. Yeah, I can, I feel confident in saying that in the top 20 picks, you can get yourself uh, a number a potential future number one center. All right, so I, what I want you to do, though, is I want you to start getting me some stuff on this William Will Smith because if he has a slap like the like the Will Smith we know, yeah. that could be some grit this team needs. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, you guys kill me. Oh, man. No, yeah, right. 2023 draft will be fun. 
Oh yeah, yeah, it absolutely. Will. I actually think 2022 is gonna be fun, and and the way it, it shapes out. If if uh, can I flip pages here on my screen? Sure. Get my mouse over to that one. Danny Zilkin is the center. I would come. I would covet. Uh, but he might. He he won't be there when the Bruins pick, and he might actually even slip into the first round. But if for some reason he falls, uh, he's out of the OHL with Guelph. Yeah. That's the guy I want. You know, Don's uh, the number seventeen. Uh, another guy that I would really, really love, and I I know he's not getting a lot of love by people that cover the OHL. He jumped 130 spots in NHL Central Scouting's midterm ranking to final rankings. And I'm like, you know, where have you guys been all season on this guy? And it's uh, Jordan Cairo's brother, Christian Cairo. Uh, but he's a defenseman. I don't know, man. This guy is, is like, super impressive. Uh, he could be there when the Bruins pick, but – I think you got to go center. I think the Bruins are in a position where all things equal, they got to go with the centerman. <clears throat> maybe, maybe best available, depending on who's available at that time. If it's one of those types of players where it could end up being one of those second round gems that we see, maybe that's a player you could use in a trade for a center as well. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. But I think I agree yeah. with you. I think a center. If if a center is the best available for me, I'm taking it. If it's not, I think me personally, I'm going the other route to try to bait that player to use as a trade. But it's the second yeah, round, though, so those players don't really work like that. We we don't know what this guy behind me is, <laughs> what's actually in his head, because he may look at it and say, hey, look, we got a lot of centermen. We got Johnny Beecher. We got... Yorgi Merkulov. We got, yeah. you know, uh, we got Jack Stadnika there. We got Brett Harrison coming. We got Mattias Mantikibi coming. You may look at it and say, oh, yeah, you know, we got a lot of centermen. Like, you know, I'm going to draft uh, a left winger. I, it's just I don't believe that that's what they should be doing. But right, you just never know what's going through. All right. Um, what else we got? Anything else, or should we wrap it up? I mean, um, you know, it's it's funny. Um, it, as much as there's some a lot of questions with uh, with the Boston Bruins lineup, a lot of questions with the Providence lineup too. Yeah. Um, you know, no depth on defense whatsoever. Sean's obviously going to have to start at the at the NHL level. You got Mike Callahan and and Didier on on your left shot defense, and you got Nick Wolf to make a decision on. Personally, I don't bring him back. No. Nope. Um, on the right side, you got Berglund. Okay, uh, on an NHL contract, and you got Gabriel uh, Greenway Wilson all on AHL deals. This isn't just a Boston Bruin issue it's also a providence brewing issue yep exactly and, except it's backwards because at the nhl level they've they've done well with defense and terrible with forwards 
But the way they built the roster in Providence, they've done well up front, but the defense is just, I don't know, is it safe to use the word atrocious? Mm, that's it's that's a good word, actually. <coughs> really leaving the goaltenders out to dry on many occasions. Like, I, I believe Kyle Kaiser would have had a much better year if the defense was a little more sound structured, in my yeah. opinion. And that's not that's not a coaching thing, and that's not a, a jab at Ryan Mujanel and how – but it's much like Bruce Cassidy getting fired for what he was dealt. These these are the yeah. cards that you have. This is what you have to work with. But I believe that just like you, Dom, when you're talking about the Providence Bruins, they just need to get better on the back end and, and build that build that defense up again like it has been for so many years. Yeah. So I mean that that's I mean the, the, I think the Providence Bruins are going to be a decent team, much like they were for the past couple seasons. But they're not going to blow you away. They're probably going to start off really slow to begin the year because of injuries and so on. What happens at the NHL level, it happens every year. And then right around the uh, uh, late December, early January, that's when they really start tuning it up to make a call to cut playoff run. So, But it, it remains to be seen who's going to be on this roster too because AHL deals and so on and free agency is coming up. So, I mean, anything could happen. Yeah. And what players are going to be sniped from that roster to bring up to the Boston Bruins roster too, whether it be injuries or just players that, you know, they deserve, believe a shot up there. So. Yep. Interesting. Totally agree. Totally agree. Now is Harrison going to be going to Providence this upcoming season? Oh no, he's not eligible for Providence for another, another year. He's got to go back to the OHL. Yep. Okay. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if he signs his entry level contract this year. Um, he has to be tendered what they call a uh, bona fide offer uh, before June 1st, which I'm sure that the Bruins pro have probably already done. Um, otherwise, we would have heard about it. And those players usually don't sign those because they're like league minimum and no signing bonus and stuff like that. So... But I imagine he signs his entry-level contract maybe after the draft. And uh, it doesn't matter. It'll slide for a year. He can go down to uh, to Oshawa. He'll be a leader on the on the team. I mean, Ty Tulio is leaving. I'm not sure what the Oilers' plans are with him. So um, we could see uh, Harrison as captain of the team uh, for next season. It's a high possibility. I just want to see him... Much like Ty Tulio did, is step it up in 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 that season. It's it's going to be his team. So we'll see what he what he does. I mean, I I'm looking forward to watching him and see what happens. Same here. Love the CHL live package. Absolutely love it. All right, boys. Um, it's getting close to. Uh, our time to call it a show. I gotta get this edited and enjoy my Saturday afternoon. It's gorgeous out, so yeah. I'm probably gonna go out on the deck, do some grilling. I don't know if I'm gonna be drinking today. Boy, I tied yeah. a good one on last night. But yeah, my power's going out actually. Is it yeah. really? <coughs> yeah, at one o'clock. Oh, no one o'clock. There's gonna be no power here. And That's um you know, it's this, so that sucks. So I'm going to be out all day. I'm not going to be here. It's supposed to be out from one o'clock until 11 o'clock tonight. Holy and that's crap. because they're, 
they're redoing the power grid oh, um, okay. here um, because so many people now work from home from all the stuff that has happened that they're actually upgrading all the power grids. Um, so that might affect you soon at some point too. You got to look into that. Wow. See if you get a, something in the mail, we got something in the mail about it and today's the day. So, um, good thing we did this early. Yeah. You're yeah. not living off the grid, Kevin. I wish I was. I <laughs> wish I was. You look uh, like a mountain man. <laughs> I look pretty clean cut right now. I clean this up. Oh yeah. I cleaned all this up. <laughs> okay. Jesus. Look, none of us are as handsome as this guy. So uh, <laughs> he looks like that meme of that little kid who got his school picture. Have you ever seen it? Like he yeah. got he got a school picture. Yeah. He's just like, yeah. That's yeah. exactly what that looks like. All right, boys. That's gonna do it for the for this episode 282. Uh we do want to just quickly mention that we do have a Patreon account going on if you want to donate a dollar per episode. We would certainly appreciate that. You get involved in some weekly, awesome weekly hand prize, hand signed prizes from Boston uh, Sports and Music Memorabilia and Bruce Sullivan. So it's just a dollar. Go to patreon.com slash Black Hockey Podcast and support us that way. We'd certainly appreciate that. Um, but that's it, folks. Um, a good talk, a uh, good Saturday morning discussion, and great to have the Dominator back. Uh, and but uh, very disturbing to have that gentleman behind you with that sourpuss look on his face, like he's about to lose his job. <laughs> well, maybe next time we'll get one with it where he's smiling. So yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll this, see what kind of moves he makes. That's an extensive Google search, I would say. In the meantime, <laughs> I'm waiting for twelve o'clock so I can open up my Bobby Margarita. Ooh. Have a, yeah, I went, I went to the liquor store Wednesday to get them, and uh, I walked in. It's like, where's your Bobby Mark? Oh, we're sold out. Well, what are you getting some more? It's like, we'll have some more in Friday. So I made sure to go in early Friday, grab a six-pack and a uh, case of beer. So I'm set for the weekend. I just nice. wish my phone would stop today. <laughs> You have to tell us how it, how you have to tell me how it is because I'd I'd love to try that if it ever comes down to the states. Oh, I I love it. It's fantastic. I mean, uh, you know, if you like margaritas, it's one of the best out there, man. Awesome. All right. With that being said, that is episode two eighty two. We'd certainly appreciate everybody listening <laughs> and viewing us on YouTube. You guys have been amazing and sharing and, and the interaction it's it's awesome and this is how we get past the off season and um and and do it quickly because you never know sooner or later it's going to be october and we're going to be right back into talking about live games and so on but we will be doing this every week to keep the uh the, talk, the conversation going to help pass the time like i said but that being said i'm mark allred that's kevin o'keefe and that is dom tiano we have the black Girl hockey podcast we will talk to you next week Peace out. Peace out. Thanks again for tuning in and supporting this week's episode of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please give the show a five-star rating and write a review on listening platforms such as Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. If you'd like to contact the show for advertising opportunities or to send us a question or topic idea we should be discussing, please send us an email to blackandgoldproductionsllc at gmail.com. 
Don't forget to share our program on your social media platforms with other hockey fans and follow our Twitter accounts at Black and Gold Pod, at BNG Productions, at Black and Gold 277, and at Kevin underscore O'Keefe 89. Also, please don't forget to check out our official blackandgoldhockey.com website where we cover the Bruins organization from the NHL level down to the prospects worldwide. Peace out. Yeah.